He bought a 1946 Brockway and couldn't afford to buy it and made the deal without the seats. So the first year he drove that truck on the milk crate, as, as the grandfather and my dad told me the stories, is, you know, wow. that was the days of no sleeper and wool blankets and bricks heated up by the by the stove, you know, at, at night. And they drain yep. oil out of the trucks to keep them warm when they'd run out west. Uh, so, yeah, when he first started, he would do uh, Chicago to Minneapolis. It would be one week to do the turn back then. And then when they would go west coast, it was two to two and a half weeks, depending on weather, to do a west coast turn. That was K&D Transport third generation owner and manager, Adam Johnson, talking about the beginning of his grandfather's time trucking with that 1946 Brockway. Milk crate for a seat and all. It was a different time, and Johnson's grandfather was back from World War II. Okay. Uh, my grandfather started the company in 1946, after he got wow. back from World War II. So he was a, he was a POW, a prisoner of war there, for, I think, 18 months. Three different death marches before he got liberated. So he came back. He was kind of a, the nickname was the Bulldog. He was pretty pretty tough old guy. And uh, right. so I kind of grew up with his background that was kind of, frankly no no bull you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah it was black and it was white and that was that was it i'm todd dills and for today's edition of overdrive radio we're going to pick up around the edges of the parts of adam johnson and the KD transport fleet story that we didn't much cover in the feature published september 14th attended to candy's competition in this year's small fleet championship 14 truck fleet has quite a story particularly with regard to recent history moves that have cemented its current mix of flatbed freight there's more to Johnson particularly than just business, as were. Or rather, there are other aspects to the breadth and depth of his business that are well worthy of attention beyond what the story told at overdriveonline.com slash small hyphen fleet hyphen champ, where you can find it and eventually read about all 10 of this year's contending small fleet semifinals. Johnson's established himself increasingly in the custom truck world too, also offering services for local trucks in the area for repairs, in addition to everything else that goes along with managing a small fleet. And in this portion of our recent conversation, you'll hear a man with a sharp eye for details to help build pride and dedication among the team, saving and making money all the while. After the break, we'll jump into Johnson's narration of his home and K&D Transport Headquarters location in Spring Valley in western Wisconsin. So keep tuned. Protect your investment and maximize performance with Howe's Diesel Defender. Increase towing capacity, torque, and power. With Howe's, you'll hear the smooth rumble of a clean and well-lubricated engine in no time. Oh yeah, and Howe's Diesel Defender will increase your fuel economy by 5% or more. Guaranteed. Howe's Diesel Defender. For every diesel. Find much more about Diesel Defender at HOWES. HowesProducts.com. Here's KD Transport and Johnson Hill Customs owner Adam Johnson, following in the footsteps of his grandfather and Dwight, his father. I bought my mom and dad's place, which was my grandfather's place, to go back. So my grandfather bought the 
the house and the shop and the property that I'm at right now, my grandfather bought in 1957. And this was originally a cousin's homestead. So I live on Norwegian Ridge is what they call it. And our original homestead of my family is a mile and a half down the road. I didn't go very far. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, I'm the third generation on this farm that has been kind of converted into the, the, the little trucking center that we have yeah. here. In the original shop, my grandfather built, I, I believe in like 1959, 1960, ended up burning down. And uh, my that was in 2009. Had built a new shop, which was kind of set up as a two bay. We did 16 foot wide doors because we were hauling, we'd haul 14 foot wide, excuse me, plate steel and oversized. So I think it was 58 by 88. And we had kind of an office and parts room. And it was really set up to be, just be like two or three of us because at that time it was just really small. It was enough to get our trucks in in the winter. We could work on them. Yep. That was how it was kind of designed. And as I bought the place, I've converted it to this, we're building trucks and, and we got fans in the door and we got prep tarps hanging on the wall to paint show trucks that are going to Louisville. And even my personal show truck and every truck that we painted was been painted in a prep tarp. You know, it was, it, we don't, I have a booth sitting outside that we're putting up this year, but right. everything that I have here is, is off what we've worked for. It, it, it's, yeah. I have no investors. I have the bankers I work with. I work with two different banks. And it's the same two banks that I've worked with. Basically, you know, Levi was the latest bank, but was otherwise it was Wisconsin Credit Union is my yeah. first bank. And when I told you, like, I got a loan for $6,500 from my dad's best friend, you know, one of his best friends, a good family friend. I also went to the bank and they gave me a $6,000 note for six months. And that was for Johnson's first truck purchase of his own. Story in part chronicled in the feature published last week about K&D at overdriveonline.com slash small hyphen fleet hyphen champ. It all afforded Johnson his initial 1999 International 9300i. He was spurred on to that by his father and a bit of a tough love nudge to further involve his son in the business. <laughs> and that's what I, that's what I started trucking. Yeah. You know, and a funny story i was i was like six weeks into being an owner operator and i had to overhaul my engine on the truck oh no oh no <laughs> and i'm like i called my dad and i'm in tears i just feel like i'm beat up i got nowhere to go i don't know what to do like i you know i put everything i had and i'm i'm right. selling snowmobiles i'm selling four-wheeler i'm selling everything i have to try to we get this going, you know, and uh, he, he let me use a charge account at one of the local shops, get the motor overhauled. And then, you know, I, he helped me out that way. And so, you know, I talk about my dad being hard, but if it wasn't for him, I mean, there, yeah. I don't know anyone that can really not have the savings become an owner operator and have the engine go in six weeks. That's and, yeah. You That's know, killer. <laughs> so I, I paid him back and then it, it just kind of kept growing from there. And yeah, I mean, so yeah, if you look at our debt ratio to what kind of what we're at with like liquid assets, yep. it's, we're, we're pretty good that way. <laughs> it's but okay. you know, it's, it's yep. a lot of years of living that cash broke asset rich and then changing. Now we're changing that dynamic to growing yep. to where we need to have our cash and our cash flow be at 
for the business is what we're kind yep. of going into. So right. um, the whole yep. red thing, I don't know if you notice, we like red trucks around here. Um, we have a model in the shop that everyone goes, well, what color are we going to paint it? We should do something different. I said, yes, you're right. We should do something different. Let's paint it Viper red. <laughs> we paint, I, I love Viper red and everything. My favorite color is actually blue, but my grandfather loved red. Okay. So, uh, basically in 1946, he bought that Brockway and okay. it was, it was bright red. It was the first truck he ever owned, favorite color he ever had. In the day that he sold that truck, he never owned another red truck his entire life. Never. Dad took over in the eighties and started up the candy transport, the actual name. And he pretty much transitioned everything in silver and blue. So when I got into it, I wanted to do a tribute to my grandfather so right. I, I kind of had the Henry Ford joke. I said, you can have any color you want as long as it comes in red. <laughs> I repainted my first Kenworth uh, red. And then I got to the point where, do I want to have an all red fleet where every mm -hmm. truck looks the same, which is kind of neat on one hand, or do I want to give every truck a personality? Right. So we started out with is, I don't care what color the truck is, but the frame will be red. So every one of my trucks, I have two trucks right, or no, one truck without a red frame. And that's just because we haven't had time to paint it yet. For any among the quote unquote red frame gang, the produce haulers out east, that's not a nod to that long marker. Though Josh said he does get that joke from some of his east coast peers from time to time. I got a couple of like combo trailers, I got like step deck and stuff, and a couple of Conestogas that are combos, but mainly everything I have is all aluminum trailers. And that's another thing too, is I did, is I started painting all the frames red on these trailers. So everyone, they look like they're combo steel frame trailers, but they're all painted just the beams, the frame underneath yeah. it. And I had a bunch of people like, well, why are you doing that? My dad would question me on everything I did. It's because that's what parents are supposed to do. You know, my dad, yeah. well, why are you doing this? And I said, well, I said, here's the deal. The blue beacon at the time was charging me $30 for 20 or it was like 20 or $30 for acid to wa acid wash the whole trailer to keep them up and keep them clean. Well, I figured at the time I, I could paint the frames for $1,500. Yeah. And then if I had a painted frame, so it looked like a combo trailer, the acid on the rail, just the side rail, would be considered, it was free. So I saved, and if we were washing our trucks once, twice, or three times a week at the Blue Beacon, I'm saving $20, $40, $60, whatever it was, 20 bucks. So you figure it out, the break even it didn't take very long for it to pay for itself that way. And then on top of it, it was kind of a cool look. We stood out. Like we're not just a fancy truck pulling a gray trailer where the trailers match the trucks and then kind of went on to the red frame thing that well, no matter what truck was hooked up to, if it was brown, black, white, blue, red, it ties, ties together. So there's just some little right. things like that, that we tried to do a little different. So like I said, yeah. we, we try, you know, I'd like to, like to believe we want to try to be the best. I know that there's yep. room to grow. You know, there's always room sure. to be better, but we try. In terms of the owner operators there, um, are they're probably making percentage with you guys too. Yep. Yep. So the truck, the truck gets 80% and the trailer gets 10%. The company gets 10%. Right. Um, I know that variations over the years, a lot of companies are taking bigger percentages. We've kind of stuck to the old school way of things that way. We do we're how do you explain it like we're old school that way so an owner operator is an owner operator but they're kind of dispatched in the company side of things yeah. too so our motto is 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 everyone gets the good and the bad so yeah. everyone takes their turn 
It doesn't matter if, say a guy gets gets the shaft one week and just nothing's clicking and everywhere he's going is taking a long time to unload this or that. We'll do everything in our power the next week to give him the best week we possibly can. And being said, the owner operators take that with the company guys, the company guys get it with the owner operators. So we don't, if you, if you, if you look at the gross numbers across the board, the only different, the only different numbers really are, is how much a guy works. The average profit is about the same all the way across the board. So that's kind of how we want to kind of keep it that you can't bring new and new operators on and say, oh, well, you're at the bottom of the totem pole and then you're just going to get the scraps. Why would they want to come work for you? <laughs> you right, know, so. totally, yeah. Today at K&D, Dwight and Karen Johnson remain involved in the business, yet from a remote location, which yielded a bit of a treasure in recent times when it comes to opportunity to memorialize the fleet's history. Remember, as noted in the introduction, Johnson's grandfather got his start trucking after World War II in that red 1946 Brockway tractor. So my dad and mom bought a house in Florida. So they've been down down there for three years. They go down in the winter and okay. they'll do the, they do uh, basically all the dispatching for the company yet. Oversee some of the dispatching, but my mom will do the billing. My wife will help out with the billing and the dispatch. My wife does all the safety side of things and keeps up on, on current safety. And she's our HR department. She's, she's my, she's the organization right. relationship, but don't, don't tell her I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so we're very family oriented that way. But uh, so he, he sends me this message on Facebook and he's like, Hey, okay. this is the same model and same year as your grandfather's first truck. And Brockway popped up for sale on marketplace. It's, wow, okay. it's just out, outside of LA in the desert. And, uh, and he's in Florida. I'm in Wisconsin. It's middle of the winter. And I'm like, Oh my God. And he's like, I just want, I wanted to say it was for sale. It was like for sale for like $3,000, okay. $3,000. Basically it was a body. There was no chassis okay. frame, but it was a body. It was complete. It had the, had the, the whole dash was there. It had the steering wheel, the radiator, the grill. It had all the gauges, right. which is rare. These they're kind of a rare truck. And it didn't have the, the cow catcher. My, my grandfather's had the cow catcher and this one didn't have it. It was the only right. thing that really did have it. And uh, so I call this guy. I get messaging him back and forth. We're messaging. And I finally get his number and I'm talking to him. And he's like, well, I've got so-and-so coming tomorrow. I get this guy coming. You know, if you can get here. And I said, well, here's the deal. And I said, I'm in Wisconsin. I said, my dad's in Florida. I said, I can't get away. I know I can't. Right. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm looking up. U-Hauls out there. I got Facebook posts out looking for my buddies that run California. Like, is there any help trying to figure out how I can buy this thing? Because anyone else I've ever seen is a fully restored Brockway and they're $100,000 plus. It's just not in the cards, you know? And so I started talking to him about the story of my grandfather and the first truck he ever owned was this truck. It was the same model, same, you know, basic truck. And we got kind of a relationship going that way. And he's just like, you know, I got to sell it to you. And he, I, he's like, yeah, I want to sell it to you. I said, oh, man, I, okay, here's the deal. I'd love to buy it, but I don't know when I can get out there to get it. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't care. Send me the money. And I said, okay, so you want 3000 No, no, I want 2000 I said, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's got to go to you. He goes, <laughs> I just hope that I'm still alive to see what you could do with it. I call my dad. He's in Florida. And I said, Dad, uh, I haven't asked for a lot of big favors, but I really need a big favor. And he goes, what's that? Do you feel like driving to 
<laughs> California. <laughs> he goes, for what? And I said, well, I brought that Bachway truck and I paid for it. You know, and at this time it was, I, I exhausted all avenues, you know, guys at the reefer, they're trying to pack the trailers full. And, and yeah. by the time I would have paid someone to haul it back, I could literally haul load there and I could haul it home. And it was just one of these deals. And it was kind of like we had this gap where it just kind of slowed down a little bit. Dad goes, you know what? I'm going to go out and get it. I said, well, how are we going to haul it? I said, you're in Florida. You don't even have a trailer. It's not going to fit. So on his way to Florida, he or on his way from Florida to California, he stops at a Home Depot and buys a utility trailer okay. <laughs> on his way to California and drives out there and loads this thing up. And he's taking it back to Florida. He's like, I'm not coming to Wisconsin. This is, it was like middle of December or January. Of the day. I'm not coming back up there. You could come down and get it. We always go down to the 75 Chrome Shop show in yeah. Florida, and they live a half hour from there. So that's right. fine. He literally gets in one of the worst snowstorms across Texas <laughs> on his way home. He gets caught with this truck, and he you know, fully tarped it and wrapped it up. Yeah. They were out there spreading rock and gravel on the freeway. Down in Texas, it was all ice. Everything froze yeah. up. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, so I ended up going down to the show and, of course, convinced the guys at the 75 Chrome Shop show to lift this trailer okay. truck on my trailer. And then I loaded a bunch of partials, and I, I hauled it home. And we just literally crated it up and put it on top of one of our storage containers for now. And I got, I bought a bunch of other parts. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to retrofit the body onto a midsize. So something like a, a Freightliner, an International Kenworth, a midsize truck, straight truck. That's got yeah. air ride, little like 8.3 Cummins in it and make it drivable. You know, everyone's yeah. like, we got to be a Pierce. I said, it's going to look as close as I can. Yeah, it's going to be able. I can jump in it, and in and my son, or my daughter, or my wife, or anyone. We can just jump in it, and we can take it through a parade, or we can go get ice cream with it. Because we yep. just finished up. Uh, we have a '78 Kenworth A model that we retrofitted the body onto a '96 Dodge pickup. You can see that deceivingly small little beauty in the cover image with this podcast wherever you're listening. Or catch the September 18th, 2023 post with the podcast at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. We, we brought all the wheels out to match the hood. So I don't know if you've ever seen people that make these little semis into a pickup. Yeah. They always shrink the hoods down. It looks like this big giant cab on yeah. this tiny little hood. Well, we yeah. brought everything out to match. So okay. to the point that everyone thinks it's an actual little semi that we shortened up and put a flatbed on the back. So, and that's, that's my son's truck. He, I brought that home from a farmer buddy, you know, one of them deals that he, uh, he goes, I got this truck, you know, we use the motor out of it. You should come over and buy it. It's, it's one of them farmers that really, when he's done with it, it's wore out. Like there's, you don't want it, you know? So I finally go over there and I make the deal on this. It's a 78 Kenworth A model. It had 200,000 original miles on it. And they yanked the motor and tranny oh. up the farm tractor. And I get over there and I'm like, oh, my God, it's an A model. This is really nice. It's a beautiful truck. I said, well, how much is this $500 truck going to cost me or whatever? So we go back and forth. I ended up buying it for 250 bucks and a case of beer. Wow. No motor, no tranny. We bring this truck home. My son is, what, a year and a half, maybe two at the time. And he goes, dad, dad, my, my truck? Can I have my truck? Johnson's son will be seven this year. So, yeah, buddy, it's your truck. You can have it, you know? And at the time, I, I was living about five miles away from here at a house, and my dad wouldn't let me bring it here because I already had too many projects. Because before we started doing all this crazy, you know, 
a lot of the crazy stuff and growing, I had too many projects at my mom and dad. So I had to sit over at my house. We bring it here. And then we got a wild hair brain had a little like two week span. So we're like, oh, let's put this truck together. So we started it three, three years ago and just finish it. We just did finished it two weeks before the Kenworth 100 anniversary. At the Oh, point. cool. Yeah. We got invited to the Kenworth uh, 100 with my show truck. So I wanted to show up with this little truck as our commuter truck, like our pickup to go back and forth to the hotel and stuff. So we show up with this thing and um, the assistant plant manager comes over to my son. My son Lane is six at the time and he's not shy at all, you know, and he's basically growing up in the shop with a bunch of truck drivers. I can tell you how that, you know, it goes. And he comes over, he goes, Mr. Lane, he goes, how would you like to have your truck? Because he already knows it's his truck because they've already had this conversation long before this. How would you like to have your truck in the show and put it in the parade? Heck yeah. He goes, it'll be there. So next thing you know, five minutes later, I turn around and I don't know if you know, like Bubba Branch, Atlas Heavy Hall out of Florida, his boy, uh, was it one of Kimball's boys out of Wisconsin? There's six kids hanging on this little pickup and they all stole our cleaning supplies, their dad's cleaning supplies. And they're scrubbing bugs, they're wiping it, they're polishing it. It was the coolest, it was the coolest thing to see. I mean, yep. kids ranging from basically five to 12, right. they all come together and we were all just sitting there as dads like, we can't get them to clean our truck that way, but it's pretty cool to see them all come together. But so if you meet my son, Lane, he'll, he'll, he'll tell That's you awesome. his truck and he'll tell you the stories. But yep. We had my truck there and then actually yeah. Bubba's, Bubba's truck. We did the big hole and did some work on, yeah. on his, helping okay. over the years. We were supposed to have, I don't know if this, um, he's a big YouTuber, Nick Weber. If you look him up on YouTube, he's got my old show truck. That was okay. a TV4 Kenworth short hood that we made into an L. We made an extended hood. It was like a 344 inch wheelbase, just really big. And everyone always asked me, well, why'd you make a 344 wheelbase? I said, well, 350 was excessive, <laughs> you know? But anyway, that was cream. Um, and I had a custom motorcycle that my other buddy made for me and we put on the back of the truck and, and went around to a bunch of shows. And that was kind of that put us on the map and on the show side of things you know going to the shows and getting recognized adam johnson's truck and those of other owner operators leased on at k and d among others since been featured in both custom truck focused 10-4 and large car magazines which reminded johnson of a story that took us in another direction how he looks at the rest of the fleet with pride in the area's history like a family itself of a fashion you remember that former driver who had been piloting the first custom kw adam built around the time of a photo shoot a little over a year ago. The guy that was driving that truck at the time, the other red and white one between us, uh, his grandfather and my grandfather drove together. Tony Torrentor. Okay. And uh, so he came and drive for us. And then he works for me now in the shop. He's actually head of fleet maintenance for me. Um, it's kind of cool that we got a lot of generational, kind of mixed in, a lot of good guys that we love. So That's they just- awesome. I always want to do cross promotion. So he wanted to be home more with the family. And I said, well, why don't you, why don't you just wrench for me? And we'll, we'll transition yeah. to kind of into some of the management side of things. And yeah, he's like, yeah. you do that? I was like, heck yeah, I'd do that. I, I'd yeah. rather do that and not lose you. <laughs> we'll do right, it. Right, right. Those are good guys. We'll, we'll do whatever we can to keep them. You know, there's, right. you, you can't, uh, you can't teach good work ethic. I'm, you know, I hate to sure. say it, but it is what it is, you know? 
including the, there'd be six there'd be six guys in the shop total between right. the paint shop and the repair shop and the custom shop there's six guys there i had two more in the shop so i had my little cousin which was my been my driver my first driver was my cousin doug and he's my first cousin and i've been his son was working for me in the shop and we helped him and trained him and got a cdl and so now he's driving one of my trucks for me and then ben uh luther uh he started working for me i think when he was right around when he turned 16 years old and local farm kid and yeah. always worked on the farm it's just seen this kid i didn't really know him but i always saw him he'd ride his four-wheeler and snowmobile to work and worked on the farm just had a really good work ethic so he hit me up and I really want to, I've always wanted to drive truck and I want to, I want to work in trucks. I want to learn. Not a generational trucker, first generation. And so now he just graduated. He graduated this year. He graduated six months early, graduated a whole semester early. Um, They paid to put him through truck driving school. We trained him and we're on, our insurance company is Great West. We've been with Great West since the beginning, since the eighties. So we had a good relationship and basically begged, borrowed and pleaded and to get him under our insurance at 18. So now he's driving full time for all the training. So we've had a lot of guys that have worked in the shop that became truck drivers and guys that were truck drivers that started working in the shop. It's we try to cross them out. Uh, Tom Feedy. Owner operator Tom Feedy currently leased on. You know, we have kind of a 10 year plan. We're halfway through that. In another five years, I'd like to transition him into the in the office as far as dispatching. Okay. What better way to have a dispatcher that knows all of your customers firsthand, yep. in person, not through email, not through anything, but through person. Uh, Tony, I'm, I'm kind of leading him in to be kind of my right hand man between the shop and the business. Because at the end of the day, too, like I want to have more time with my family. I'm really trying to like I've preached to these guys and. Even my my lead mechanics in the shop, I said, we're, we're starting to do more and more, a little bit fabrication and building parts. And I said, I would really want you guys to kind of train the next generation in and then move yeah. more to the machining side of things and, and more of the, the custom fabrication. So you're not underneath a greasy truck doing a transmission or a clutch job or swapping yeah. rear ends and doing this stuff. Cause I mean, a guy can only do it for so long. So the way I look at it is that as much as I can kind of kind of cross promote or promote that way within, I feel like it's going to be better for me as a company because then I don't have to retrain everyone. Everyone kind of knows what I expect of them. They kind of know how I run things. I just feel like it's a better way to do it. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. Big thanks to Spring Valley, Wisconsin headquartered Adam Johnson for his time for this one as well as the big story out as of Thursday, September 14th, detailing much more about his K&D Transport 14 truck fleet, semi-finalist and overdrive small fleet championship this year in the 11 to 30 truck division. Get over to overdriveonline.com slash small hyphen fleet hyphen champ to read much more about them and see plenty in the way of pictures of the custom Kenworths they run. Here's a big thanks to you for listening, wherever you subscribe to the podcast. Overdrive Radios on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify, Overcast.fm, many, many others, including the world-famous OverdriveOnline.com slash Overdrive-Radio. Any feedback or tips from me directly? Use our podcast message line at 615-852-8530. Always love to hear from you. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive. 
voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lamech, Terry Two Socks Richardson on the bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor Matt Cole, social media coordinator Holly Young, executive editor Alex Locke, and video editors Lawson Rudersel and Andrew Wood. See you next time.